As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in another CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy. For me. I feel like uh, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hoke and John's back with you post-Christmas. John's, you hanging in there? You doing all right, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing okay. The baby is uh, the first three weeks of, 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 of a baby. I forgot our uh, pretty darn hard. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been a few years for you. So we both, we both got our coffees ready to go. You have... Uh, Plenty of valid reasons to not be well rested. Do you want to tell people when you woke up today? Uh, about fifteen. Uh, well, it's ten thirty now. Ten twenty-seven officially now. I got out of bed at ten o one. That's impressive. I, I think I was up at five thirty. I was you know, going to say you obviously had to have been up earlier in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I was up bed. at five thirty this morning. and Went back to bed. The thing about like this type of sleep is you're getting like two hour, three hour increments, and your your dreams are like vivid. And they're, and oh they're yeah, usually, and they're usually quite insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you've reached that part of the the baby uh, yes, situation, yes. And, and it like brings in multiple worlds. Like you know, there's like some footballness going on, and then there's like your social life, and there's family, and they're like all in the same room, and it's, yeah, it's craziness. Well, we feel for you, and uh, I hope it was a good Christmas for your for you and your family though with the baby. Cheers. And uh, we got the coffee, and we'll get through it. There's plenty of other uh, liquids that were being consumed probably the last few days before this. That, yes. Yeah, that we're also probably dragging from a little bit. But, uh, hey, we're here for you as we always are. A couple more weeks ago in this season. I'm also tracking that sun reflection on you, Johns. I feel like there's a 
97% chance that's going to be in your, in your eyes by the time this podcast is over. I'll, I'll close the blinds. It was good like 10 minutes ago <laughs> yeah, when I, know. I started I talking just, about it. I already see it moving. It's the winter, so the sun the sun just like zooming across the screen. Yeah, it's um, low sun. We got a fun show for you today, though. Mark Grody, um, uh, speaking of sun, I hope he's has you know experienced some sun in the last 48 hours to thaw out from what he experienced on christmas eve i can't wait to hear what he had the battle on the elements mark grody uh, football survivalist <laughs> yeah sideline reporter of course for bbm uh and had to be out there during the bears bills game uh follow us on twitter at adam hogue at adam johns you can read john z on the athletic theathletic.com slash hogan johns i like what you did yesterday man you had uh some good Insight checking in on um, a number of the moves that Ryan Poles has made, but getting the perspective of the teams that were involved. Like, yeah, hey, how's Roquan doing in Baltimore? How I, you know, what I was thinking of like Claypool with Pittsburgh, but you forget that Larry Ogunjobi's in Pittsburgh. How's how's he been doing? Um, and it sounds like, especially on that one, kind of what you would think. He's still a pretty good player, but. Can't really count on him to be healthy. Yeah. The Mike well, was telling me that the beat writer there for the Steelers was he's been more more than good, but when he's healthy, he's missed like entire weeks of practice multiple times this year, which isn't good, which is a sign that Ryan Poles may have made the right decision. Mm-hmm. It happens, but the, and then you saw Cleo Mack look like Cleo Mack of old, but then that's Nick Foles of old. Yeah. Well, Mack's having – I liked how – um, was it Popper who you checked in with the Chargers? Yeah, Daniel Popper. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Popper. He he had a. I liked how he put that with Mac because it's kind of like it seemed like the Chargers had the right expectations. Like they knew they weren't training for a defensive player of the year candidate. They wanted a guy who could approach ten sacks, and he's getting there. So with that one last night, he's at what eight and a half, something like that. He's yeah, get, he had a couple. He's getting close, so um, and that's probably what you wanted. All right, well, uh, and you can find me on CHGO at allchgo.com. Mark Grody is here, and uh, we'll go ahead and bring him into the, the conversation here. I'm just kind of picturing him still frozen. It nope, he's thought out. He's thought out. There he is. What's up, Grody? How fresh do I look? I've been chiseled out, and I got to tell you, I – I did better than I thought I would do. And I think it's because I, as Jerry Angelo would say, I did my due diligence. I did my due diligence. I, uh, for a week, I looked for advice and accepted advice and Hogue, I will give you credit. My friend, you gave me the idea for the plastic bags as an extra layer on the feet. I think you called it a game changer. Yeah. And it worked. It definitely worked. It did the job until the fourth quarter. Like, honestly, like with about nine minutes to go in the fourth <laughs> quarter, Marky Mark was feeling it in the tips of his fingers and in his toes. So, but I did pretty well. Yeah. So the, the, the tip I gave him was the, uh, I don't know. Did you end up getting, so, so I would always use the ice bags that the trainers would use. So I don't know if you just use like what kind of, what kind of plastic bags you were using, but jewel bags, just yeah. jewel bags. Yeah, I, 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 the jewels. Yeah. The jewels. So I would get the. This is I learned this doing Northwestern games, and it actually started Grody with um, a game where it was raining, 
but it was like 38 degrees and raining, like that Ugh. awful, that awful rain where like you just can't get your feet wet or you're going to be cold. And I forget who it was. I think it might have been one of the coaches or something gave me that. And they were like, go get some ice bags from the trainers and put your feet in them and then put your boots on over that. And no matter how waterproof your boots are, whatever, like your feet won't get wet. What I wasn't expecting is how warm that also kept them. So <laughs> yeah. then I learned because we had a game up in Minnesota where it was like 15 degrees uh, and even colder with the wind chill. And I did the same thing, even though it wasn't raining. And I'm like, wow, this really just keeps your feet wet or uh, dry and, and warm, too. And so I'm glad that worked out at least for three quarters for you. Yeah, it did. And then I guess the other tricks that I used that I had not used previously in cold weather scenarios was an advice that I took when I put my desperation call out on Twitter. Somebody suggested that I put surgical gloves on underneath the real gloves works and you could still like text and tweet and do stuff on your phone with the surgical gloves on. So when I had to take the gloves off, because that's the worst part. Like when you're in this ridiculous cold and you've got, I've got my surgical gloves, I got my big gloves on, but then you got to take them off. Like if you want to jot something down in your right. phone, like, you know, just keeping notes on my phone and all like, so the, the surgical gloves were a, a big help to all you cold weather fans out there. Uh, I did go with a double hoodie system to, for the torso. Very good. Um, and then last, last trick was, and, um, I I credit the Bears, man. They uh, Brandon Faber reached out and said, "Hey, if you need anything from us, just just let us know." And I jumped on that because I needed one of those uh, the the thing the baklava or whatever you call it, the thing you put oh up, yeah like what the players wear so yeah. the, oh like that thing as the base and then just the just the regular hat over that never had an issue with my my head or my ears at all. So Good. what piqued my interest like this past week like for this conversation was you telling us in the media room, how you've actually sat on the heated bench. Yes. Like, I, I've always wanted to try that, like, in, in live action. How many times did you do it? No, actually, last week uh, was the first time. I did not do this past Saturday. I did it again this past Saturday, but the previous week, there was the first time that I went ahead and sat on the, the heated bench before the game it was probably about 10 o'clock or so, and I was just like, let me just check this out. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing is for real. <laughs> and it, it was not a place that I wanted to get up from once I sat down there. <laughs> but then I had to because it got a little too warm. Uh, wow. Um, so I eventually did did get up from it. But a yeah, I swass going on. <laughs> what's that? Some swass going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever you want to call it. Swamp ass. Swass, yeah. yeah that, that eventually it became an untenable situation for me to to stay on the heat. It might bed. freeze now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, man, I mean, you got uh, Hogue, I know you know this, but the, the, those big metal heaters too they had down there, those things are for real. I mean, you like the like the 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 airplane jet engines that they put down yeah. there on the sideline they're just yeah. but and they, sometimes they'll have those out on the practice field too when we when we go out there uh you know just on a random thursday and if you stand in the right spot you can get you can catch some of the heat coming off that yeah. thing it's a but, veteran move john's like during this game though there were you know you, the players are pretty good about they are very good about 
allowing me and other people that are on the security people if they want to come and get a, a quick warming up around the big heaters. But this was the first time where it was tough to find a spot because <laughs> the Bears players were huddling around. It. it was like everybody was trying to box everybody out and like get closer to it. I'm like, yeah, I'll probably just, you know, I'll just pop open another one of those little hand warmers. I'll, I'll be good. Maybe I'll duck into the tunnel for a couple minutes. But I've never seen that many players huddled around the the big hot metal heaters and they had a couple small ones too that they snuck in on on both sidelines um that the players were able to stand around too but it was pretty tough for for me to get position on those heaters this week well Gordy, thanks for jumping on with us because uh i know you you were doing the uh early morning shift on 670 the score i was just listening to you driving in and uh i'm actually filling in for parkins later so i know we're, we're bookending the hogan johns podcast here with uh yeah with, with some with some six i just heard that i just had one of our colleagues uh gabe ramirez come in here and, and give me the whole schedule so i was glad <laughs> to hear that you're coming in this afternoon man so you were since you were down there and i mean certainly uh look johns and i were the epitome of the opposite of situation you were in. We were at home enjoying the, uh, we, we didn't even go to the game. We were just uh, enjoying it at home on Christmas Eve, but families. it certainly looked like on TV there, it, it, the weather actually was affecting um, certain plays, whether it was just drops. You don't usually see like Cole Komet had one um, uh, to me, Justin, I don't know if he his legs are just tired because the season's going on or if he was slower because of the, the the cold and whatever. The turf seemed like it's in pretty good shape. But um, what did you see on the sideline? You had the best view of how those elements were actually affecting the play on the field. Well, and actually, uh, Adam, that's interesting that the, the field looked good from, from television. I as This is funny. As I was sitting on the heated bench before the game, there was a starting Bears offensive player who came over uh, near the heater, and I asked him, I said, hey, how's the field? And his two words were, it sucks. <laughs> so, so the field was not a pleasant place. Um, and I, I'll tell you what, one of the more interesting parts, too, was watching the, watching the offense warm up um, because Justin Fields was, was trying all sorts of things, like with the passing game like trying to adjust with the wind and you saw the receivers, you know, trying to adjust when Justin Fields was flinging up bombs during the pregame. And you could see Justin Fields and the receivers oftentimes just kind of like shaking their heads like, Oh man, this is going to be a trip, which makes it even more incredible that Justin Fields did have that connection with of all people, Bayless Jones jr. On the 44 yard play. But to your point, I mean, it did. Yeah, this was one of those cases where the buildup was correct. Um, it did affect a lot of things that the Bears were trying to do. And yeah, I, I also don't know what it, like what we can narrow it down to as far as why Fields carried the ball for you know seven times for only eleven yards. We we you know Matt Eberflus talked about the spies and they kind of did some things similar to what Atlanta had done using their defensive ends to keep an eye on what so. And, and I, I, you know, I watched Fields before the game, and he was, he was, you know, going through all his usual running drills. He didn't seem limited in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, once they got out there, it, it was there was a there was a certain bit of it that did feel like survival for these guys, and just not a day to, you know, really get. And, and we saw it from the other side too. I mean, Josh Allen, relatively speaking, didn't have a good game either. How did the coaches handle that? I, I imagine like that type of cold affects all sorts of 
decision making. I'm not making excuses, but like, how did you see the coaches handle it? Were were they sneaking seats on the heated bench? Were, were they, <laughs> you know, making sure you can't get in front of those those, those space heaters? Like, how were Flus and all those guys handling it? I, I, that's a great question. I I never never saw the coaches getting in front because you know Luke Getzey's down there. Obviously, yeah. Matt Eberflus, Alan Williams is is down there. I not once did I see those guys getting in front of the, like they were not part of the crew that did that. And I don't know if that's just a thing with the coaches, you know, you gotta be, I mean, it would be, I guess it would be kind of weird if you saw the coach on the sideline doing this and, you know, cause they've got to have that stalwart look when they're on yeah. the sideline, but that's a good, I'm curious to know what the process was for, for Matt Eberflus. And, you know, they're, they're, they're taken care of very well by, by Tony Medlin, the longtime bears equipment guy. I'm sure that they had all those same tricks that, that I had too, but you know, to their credit, they, they, I did not see them huddling around the heater like the rest of us. You know, what's funny. I think part of it is, and obviously I haven't had a, I haven't coached in a game that cold, but you, you sort of just forget about it because there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, because we've had some cold high school games, and and like you're worried about, you spend like all day worrying about, it. do I have enough layers on? Blah blah blah. Because you don't want to be cold. And then like the game starts, and next thing you know, it's halftime. And you're like, oh man, I wasn't even thinking about the weather because like you just don't have time to worry about it. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that too. With like, what if? And everybody knows the the pain that you could feel in your like fingers and toes like where it you just feel like you want to die it's so cold and it feels like your fingers are going fraught like what if they what if you're a head coach and you're starting to feel that and you're just like screw this i want to get this game over like just run 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 get me out of here because you know i mean to to some degree i mean and it was brought up it's, it's it can be a dangerous situation i mean that frostbite is real and I, I, you know, I assume all the players came out of it okay, but there was some cold-looking faces for sure. I actually think it's a valid point, too, because they they showed Ken Dorsey, the Bills OC, up in that booth, you know, in a hoodie. <laughs> and the guy next to him, I think, was in short sleeves. You know what I mean? And then you they go to Getze, and, and Getze's, like, bundled up like I've never seen a coach bundled up before and I did wonder when they did like I'm like that kind of seems like a at least a small advantage for Dorsey I mean you're you're scanning your play sheet the whole time you need your fingers like yeah. you're com- you're usually you have a sharpie you're trying to write with and all this stuff and I'm like this this is maybe a rare situation where if I was Getze, I would have maybe thought about for one week going upstairs, even though that would have greatly changed the communication level, obviously, that you have with your quarterback and your players down there. Yeah, he may rethink it next time. You know, it's funny because obviously Luke Getze has been through a lot of cold weather games having coached in, in Green sure. Bay. I, I've been on the sidelines for some extremely cold games as well, including in, in Green Bay. But as a lot of the players were saying, like, there's never been anything like that, that, that people have been a part of. I talked to you know, Valus Jones Jr. I think was one of the first people I talked to in the locker room after the game. And even before we, we began our conversation, he was like, man, he's like, I have never played in anything close to, to like that. And, and you know, he played at, at Tennessee and all that kind of stuff, but th- this was a different animal. And even if the coaches and the players thought they knew what they were getting into, I don't think they knew what they were getting into. And I do wonder if there's ever a game like that again, if we would see some, yeah, I mean, 
see Luke Getze go up there, maybe even Alan Williams, because it, it really, I imagine you can be more productive on those ridiculously horrible weather days. I just think it's, Tom Coughlin with his bright yeah. red cheeks. Remember that with it's his hair? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not even. Yeah, over his yeah. Head. yeah, yeah. He, he would he would be smeared in Vaseline. That was one thing I didn't do. I, I did not. I I just I just can't put Vaseline on my face. Something about that just doesn't jive with me. So I didn't I didn't do the Vaseline thing. Have you guys ever done that? No, I've never no. done it. No. Yeah, I, I'm not interested no. in the Vaseline thing. I'm okay with that. Without that, how how much in pain did Justin Fields? look like late in the game as he's coming off you see yeah, the broadcast uh, copy i know he's throwing on the sideline but it's a conversation now because maddie Bruce has said we're not shutting him down he's, mm-hmm. he's good to go but he looked in pretty bad yeah. shape or at least I, in, in pain at the end when he uh i think it was the third third quarter when he he landed on his shoulder and then I, I was I, it was one of those times where as a sideline reporter because I'm all over the side I'm just back and forth all the time I was in the exact right spot and so I saw I was right close to feel like almost face to face and he just grimaced like you, I could see through the face mask uh, from from the shoulder thing so I was like uh oh here we go here we go again with the left shoulder thing um so he was he was in bad shape right there and in a in a lot of pain and he just kept when he came to the sideline he's kind of rejecting the help but he's just he's shaking his head he's getting to the to the bench and he's kind of slouching his shoulder down um and then when he got stepped on and he's limping off the field i mean that's the one that that frightened me because i thought okay now now he's hurt it's like or maybe um it was back to some of the the dehydration issues the cramping issues that he had had but you, you you could tell that justin fields was flustered by some of the the limitations that i think he felt he was having in the in the second half of the game but uh yeah played through it and obviously you guys know that they, 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 there is no talk of shutting them down for the last two games, which I, I like, actually. Well, and I, I especially like it for this week because you're going back inside. You're playing on turf. Um, you know, Justin said that he likes playing on turf. It's a fast surface for him, and I just think it's a at least one last opportunity to get him in ideal conditions to see what he can do. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to have Claypool back this week or anything, but um, – if they do, you know, you could you can build on that, build on what Vela. I'm I'm all for him playing at least one more game this week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not to mention that the Detroit and Minnesota have poor pass defense. So, I mean, in theory, if you you know hope to make some progress or leave a good feeling in the system, those are good scenarios. Uh, Chase, I did I did talk to Chase Claypool before the the cold weather game, and I, I was I I just kind of asked him straight up. I said, "Is this a situation where?" You, they're just going to shut you down for the last two games. He's like, no. He's like, I'm still week to week. He's like, I want to get in there. I want to play. He thinks he's going to play. And amazingly, <laughs> Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins said that he he thought about playing in the game Saturday. So, wow. I mean, considering what we saw at Soldier Field the previous week with him being down, it's pretty amazing. I think Tevin Jenkins is going to play. You use the words like good feeling. Like how much do you think like their decision making is just like searching for that? Good feeling to to end the season. And they've <laughs> lost what eight in a row. They've been close. They've been in games. You've seen some good things from the quarterback. Good things from Kyler Gordon. Other young players. Like, but like that win, like that. Yeah, that well, unattainable win. What one thing we we got to right at the end of our show on the score today was the qu- question that Matt Eberflus was asked: um, Is there 
long-term value in winning these last two games? And he said, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent that, that it would, you know, and yeah, he, he, he said that it was all about the finishing thing, which the Bears obviously we we've heard that for the last eight straight weeks from Eberflus. The like, we got to finish, yeah, we got to finish. Okay, um, but it it hasn't happened. So, but and, and it's funny because that's in direct conflict with what most people are thinking that the the long term value for this team may be better off losing the next two games because in theory you get the better pick and all of that. But Flu sees sees some positive if they are to win out. And I'll say this too, like I mean. It, it's hard to carry on a positive message when a team in the NFL has lost what is a devastating eight straight games. But I remember after the Washington game when Justin Fields was just a mess. He, he was hurt. He he seemed he was upset because he was hearing those messages of, of we're close. You know, hey, we're, we're doing fine. We're, and he said we're sick of coming close. Um, but since that game, we haven't heard anything like that from Justin Fields or any of the players. So clearly there is a message from the top that is, hey, look, here's what we're playing for. Here's what we're doing. There can be success even in an eight game losing streak, which sounds preposterous, but I guess it's true. Well, well but here's the thing in where I'm willing to buy what Flus is saying to a certain extent. I mean, aren't we still looking at that Patriots game as, you know, a sign of hope for the future and good feelings for the you know, the way they adjusted, the way Eberflus outcoached Belichick, the way Fields played in that game. I mean, that's going to be a game we talk about all offseason. And so, you know, and I don't know that – I don't think we're talking about that the same those same good vibes if they don't win that game. Now, so I do think – and I've been saying this all along as this debate's been raging, Grody. Like, I think both sides are right on this. Like, I think there can be – Benefits to winning. We've all covered this sport long enough to know that winning can cure everything, or it can at least mask problems for a little bit. Uh, we've seen both of those those come true, and at the same time, we all understand the value of potentially getting the number one overall pick in the draft, and how long term. I think that, that, especially in the situation the Bears are in right now, that probably has more of a long term benefit than you know beating the Lions this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it is wild to think. I mean, you brought up the Patriots game. That's the last time the Bears won a game. It's a long time and there, ago. There were some games thereafter that actually did almost feel like wins because Justin sure. Fields was blossoming as a running quarterback and doing unbelievable things, which was a big distraction from the big elephant in the room that actually existed. And I think that I, I, I'll say this. I mean, I think. You know, Bears fans have done a good job this for the most part. I mean, they're, they're of compartmentalizing what this season is and watching it for what it is. And if the best thing that comes out of the season is that your quarterback is is starting to blossom, then that's a that's a really really positive thing for the Bears. I mean, and you know, the eight games that they have lost it. it there's been many problems, many breakdowns, including this past week against Buffalo, which go well beyond what the weather was. I mean, the Bears defense put the Bears offense in situations all day to to do something, and, and they didn't. But there, there's been just enough good things happening over the last eight weeks to somehow keep us in, in the right shape. What's well, the quarterback? And I think this is where it differs from 
Like in, on the last podcast, Grody, Adam and I brought up what happened a couple of years ago where the the Jets won two games late in the year, and that moved them down from the number one pick to the number two pick. Jaguars took Trevor Lawrence. They took Zach Wilson, and now well, you have what you have. But the Bears have their quarterback. They have their quarterback. And that quarterback, like this, this is where I'm at right now with this. That quarterback wants to win. And I think the Bears want everybody to just get in, in line with that. I'm bored with that. Like this quarterback is willing to gut out injuries, risk injury, play through injuries because he wants to win. He wants that feeling of a win again. And I think everybody at House Hall, or they want everybody at House Hall to get on board with that. I mean, how, does that sound like what's what's happening to you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you you have to hear it enough to really feel like it, because all athletes are going to tell you they, they want to win. That's the number one thing. It's about the team. But I do think that in the case of Justin Fields, there is legitimacy to it when he says he'll do what area has to do to win. I loved when he was asked about wanting, is it a goal to run for a thousand yards every year? And he's like, hell no. Uh, no, I, I don't want to do that, man. I want to, I want to pass the football. I want to be a passing quarter. He gets it. Like the conversations that we all have, he's got to pass more. He's got to be, a, he, they're, they're having the same conversations backstage at Hallis Hall. But I also love what he said at the end. Hey, if I, if I have to run a thousand yards every season, if I have to run for a hundred yards per game, that's what I'll do. It's not ideal. And it does seem that he takes, I mean, we, we, we all know this and he takes losses very hard. I've had a couple of times when I do that locker room interview with him where he'll like, he'll apologize to me before the interview and he'll say, just so you know, I, I, this is, this might be rough for me. Like he he said, like, he's like, I am not happy right now. And he'll give me the disclaimer, almost telling me, be ready for some short answers. So he takes losses hard. That's cool that he says that, though. I mean, yeah, I was, I was yeah, going to ask you about that. That also shows you he he gets it too and kind of yeah. understands that. You know, so just to explain it, that chair. like Mark talks to Justin Fields before the rest of us do, and you sit next to him in, in, in his locker room, so it's more it's a more intimate conversation about wins and losses. Yeah, no, it is, and you know, I, I you know, like I, like I said, after wins, he's he's definitely wanting to expand more on things, but he he's been a a trooper throughout the season. I mean, that is, that's tough. I mean, I'm just thinking about this right now. Having to be, having to be the first person that talks after games, talking to me and then talking to the rest of the media and all the responsibilities that he has. If, if we are correct about a guy that hates to lose and will do anything to win, it's, I mean, it's just gotta be a drag for him and you can see it on his face and he's just, you know, he, he, uh, he is genuine in his disgust. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the fact I, I think that the fact that he, you know, will occasionally apologize to me, I think that everybody should know. Like, he, it's the same way when he's at, at large, when he's talking to all of you guys, he probably understands that he may not be satisfying everybody with his answers, but but he's pissed off. And hopefully there'll be some some happier conversations next year or maybe even in the next two games. Grody, appreciate you coming on with us today. It's, it's always fun, and uh, just you know, we're glad you're you're thought out. And, and, yeah, and, yeah, and and you're. I was you gonna know. say the fifty degrees coming this week is gonna feel like you're in Phoenix. Oh, where is it? Like I can't. Every time I walk out of my house now, I'm like, people have been talking about this fifty degrees. It's not fifty degrees yet. So, well, well you know what that means. Fifty degrees this time of year. It'll be pouring rain.
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm about to, uh, I'm still at the score. I'm going to go walk home in the cold right now and uh, have a nice little nap. And Hogue, look forward to hearing you in the afternoon on the score. Adam, always a pleasure to you too, Mr. Johns. Mark, thank you. Thank you so yep. much. There he is, Mark Grody, our guy. Appreciate it, Mark. You like Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We got to wrap things up here. Before we get to our voicemails, which were short this week because it was Christmas, um, any any final thoughts on you know what we were just talking about there? I will say that one more thing. I do think it's important that these are divisional games. Like when you're a quarterback, like think about everything Aaron Rodgers knows about the Bears, knows about the Vikings, even Kirk Cousins to this point, the equity that he's built up playing these teams within your division. I do think there's something to be said for that, that feels like he needs experience in general, but getting more experience against the Lions and Vikings matters too. Well, it's just not Fields. It's yeah. Tevin Jenkins returning. It's Kyler Gordon seeing Justin Jefferson or St. Brown. Sure. It, it, it's it's those – forget like one of my one, – one things that coaches say that annoys me the most, like mental reps. I hate mental reps. Like, <laughs> like I get it. Like he's going through mental reps. No, he's on the sideline watching. You can't replace actual play. So I understand where the coaches are coming from. I think – what I articulated to, to Mark is, is where I stand on things is Justin Fields wants to win and everybody get on board with that. That's where the Bears are. That's where I think it, it's a struggle for some readers, listeners, fans to, to get on board with that because of the second overall pick and potentially the first. But the quarterback wants to win and is willing to do anything right now to win. I try to see value in that. See, I kind of find this whole thing hilarious because it's like... 
that's what you want. You want like yeah. you want your players to want to win. You want it to matter to them. That's great. And then meanwhile, guess what? They're not going to win. So it's it's kind of the perfect sin. Like it, I don't really see any reason to get worked up over it. I mean, I, I will say there's maybe like a small percentage, mainly just because it's the Lions and the Lions are the Lions. As you know, what we I think we fell into the trap too, Johnsy. We finally gave the Lions some credit last week, and what did they do? They went to Carolina and they fell in the Lions. They trap. look like the Lions. Yeah. Yes, they did it. <laughs> They disappointed their fan base. The lion's trap. I mean, they just fell right into it. That that hole in the ground, you know, where the lions, you know. You ever seen that viral video in the lion enclosure at the zoo where the one lion's like walking and he's not really paying attention and he falls into the water? I know what you're talking about. That's what the Lions did last okay. week in Carolina. See, see, I'm imagining, ever see the movie Swiss Family Robinson? Old movie. I don't know if I ever have. I mean, I'm obviously obviously familiar with that. I don't think I've actually watched well, that. Well, they they make like a tiger pit to catch okay. a tiger, and I'm just subbing out the tiger and, okay. and putting a lion. And well, the tigers belt, are belt across the, the street from the lions. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> that was it. They, they yeah, that's it. it. That's oh, it. Well, okay. I, I, I could go on <laughs> and on and on. <laughs> okay. Let's get to our voicemails. <laughs> Here they are. Uh, again, we didn't get many because it was Christmas, and I don't think we even really solicited them. But our our, our guy, our guy is in here though, which is most important. Uh, here you go. Here's your voicemails from the Bears Bills game. Hello. Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know. You ass better call somebody. Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hey, Luke Etsy, stop calling. Run. Genghis from St. Paul. Uh, it's obvious Justin Fields is the best athlete on the field for the Bears. I think number two may be Trent Gill. Is there any way we can get him to play either three-tech or wide receiver? Maybe both. I don't think he's getting enough time on the field, and that's clearly a problem for the Beaver Flutes. Bear down. So I got a hot cake, and I got two eyeballs. Justin Fields looks better than Josh Allen today. Today. Justin Fields look better. Even as the offensive coordinator was trying to hold him back. Love you guys. Hey, Bears fans. B-Men here. We won by losing yesterday. Still got that second pick. Bear down! Ho, 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 hoagie, cat, and Johnsy favorites. Bob Zabrowski's Merry Christmas. I am called in. A day late is actually Christmas. I was at Soldier Field yesterday, and something happened. Apparently, it was a football game. Um, no comments. Uh... Just calling in so that you guys don't worry about the, my uh, physical and mental well-being. Just uh, letting you know, all is good. It's a very merry Christmas. Um, football is currently going on. Again, real football. And the Bears played yesterday. And then uh, soon, uh, in two weeks, they will no longer be playing. And then the offseason begins. And it should be a fun offseason. And uh, that is all I have to say about that. Go Bears. Let's go Chicago Bears. Thank you, Bob. Uh, you know, I, at this point, I'm just like, I, I want the Bears to 
They just can't let B-Man down. Right? Like, do it for B-Man. Get B-Man a win. Yeah. All right. Um, I th- One last thing on the... Uh, we'll talk more about this on Thursday as we preview the weekend. But um, I was looking at like a week ahead and what the Vikings could or might not have to play for in week 18. They're technically still alive for the one seed, although they have the, they don't have the head to head tiebreaker because the Eagles kicked our ass back in week two. I think that was, um, but technically if the Eagles were to lose both games, which I don't think they will, but Jalen hurts is still dealing with Jalen hurts stuff. Um, the Vikings could still have that in play based on this weekend's results. But I think they're still going to have to lock down the two seed um, because unless they lose – well, yeah, I think either way they're going to have to – because I'm pretty sure the 49ers have have the tiebreaker over the Vikings because of a better conference record. And the only thing that would change that would be – okay, so here's your scenario. If the 49ers lose this week, which they play the Raiders – in Vegas, and the Vikings beat the Packers, that would clinch them the two seed. And then I think if the Eagles win, they lock down the one seed. So that would be the scenario right there where the Vikings don't have anything to play for in Week 18. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me. We'll confirm that by Thursday, but I'm pretty sure that's it. So what you're trying to suggest is whether or not the Vikings rest their starters in Week 18. Exactly. It would be Week 18. 19, right? Week 19? Week, week 18. 18. Week, week 18. 18. Week, week 18. 17 game season. Yeah. Well, because that, you know, if they're going to still play fields and they really do have this attitude, like we want to go on into the offseason with the taste of victory. And the meanwhile, the Vikings actually sit their starters. That's the scenario where. I mean, look, the, you saw the Colts last night. They're awful. The Texans play them. In week 18. Like, I think the one seed is very much on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So, I watched the Bears go out and beat the Lions this week. It would be the most yeah. Lions thing ever. If I have any final thought on this, because we're doing a bunch of draft stuff this week, it's. I, I get you're talking about Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, two potential difference makers on the defensive line for the Bears, and the Bears have the worst pass rush. But it's just refreshing where you're not part of that quarterback. Conversation, yeah, and, and that drives changes, affects drafts so much. And the Bears have their guy; they do. And I think the obsession over certain slots—it's—it's—it's it's, it's okay to for the Bears to try to win one of these games. It, it really is. Well, and that's why with all this Broncos discussion and Seahawks discussion, and like how much the Seahawks fleece the Broncos, I'm still sitting here and I'm going, yeah, they still got to find their next quarterback though. The Seahawks, that is. Like, yeah, it's great that they, they they apparently traded Russell Wilson at the perfect time and they got these picks and they're going to have a high pick because they're going to have the Broncos pick, but that doesn't mean they're not going to accidentally draft their own Zach Wilson or Mitch Trubisky. You know what I mean? Like, they still have to get the pick right and they're still not going to have the number one pick. And I don't know. I'm not... I'm just getting early. I haven't studied these quarterbacks, obviously, as in-depth as I will have by the time we get to April, but I'm not getting the same. I'm I'm hearing all this stuff about five quarterbacks maybe in the top 10, 15, like all these 
sort of narratives that start usually come true with the QBs because, as you always say, there's a separate draft for the quarterbacks. But I'm just not getting these great vibes from these quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's early. Yeah. Some teams need new GMs. Some teams need new coaches. And there's plenty of time for them to talk themselves into drafting a Will Levis significantly higher than he ever should be. Yeah, and maybe that's a position of power for the Bears. Or talking themselves out of, like, a Justin Fields. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, good stuff. Glad Grody was on today. Um, And um, we'll be back Thursday. Guess what? I'm going to Detroit this weekend. What? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, what? I am. Yeah. Kevin's going. Yeah, I know. Kevin, mid-podcast, is texting me about hotels. So is he? We're going to have to figure that out. New Year's Eve in Detroit. Woohoo! We'll get there early. There's some good games on Saturday. I know, but the flights didn't really work out. Unless I left at like 8 a.m. I'm like, I don't want to spend all day in... At the high velocity at the JW downtown? Yeah, not staying there this year. Rates like $600 on well, New Year's you Eve. You can still go there. I could. Yeah, I could. I could still go. <laughs> you don't have to stay there to eat there. I am going to miss our meal at Joe Mears, though. Yes. I don't yeah, think that's going to happen. So, Favorite all right. Spot of mine. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about this game. I got to be honest with you. As long as Fields is playing, the Lions are still intriguing to me. They're kind of a fun, I hate to say they're kind of a fun team to watch. Now, here you go again. You're talking yourself into the Lions. Well, I'm not saying they're not going to Lion. I'm just saying that they're more fun than they usually are. We're not going to be watching David Blau out there on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day, okay? I mean, give Jared Goff, Goff credit. He's been he's been solid. There's interesting pieces, and Dan Campbell is hilarious. So, in, in my opinion, at least covering this team for the past decade, the Lions have always led in terms of players you've never heard of playing for the first time, like against your team. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, who's yeah. that? Always. Who, who do I have to Google? Now the Bears are. Like I think that's the Bears this year. So there's been so much turnover, but All right. I got to go. I got like eight more shows to do today. Yeah, um, save that voice. <laughs> Johnson, get some sleep and uh we'll be back on Thursday. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, read that piece that Johns wrote on the uh what's been going on with all the uh, players that are not on their team anymore or maybe are and what the opponent thinks about them. It's it's interesting stuff. Check it out on the Athletic dot com slash Hogan and Johns. Uh, find me on CHGO, allchgo.com. And uh, we'll be back Thursday to preview this week 17 game against the Lions. Yeah. Anyway, uh, who cares?